Now of Christ is preach that he has been raised from the dead. How do some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? Not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ hasn't been raised, then our preaching is in vain. Your faith is also in vain. We are even found to be false witnesses of God because we testify against God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise. For if the dead are not raised, I Christ has been raised. And if Christ hasn't been raised, your faith is worthless. You are still in your sins. We owe all in most to be pitied. But now, Christ has been raised from the dead. Why do you search for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Well, a great word of thanks to our choir. Excuse me as I put my back to you for just a minute. i got to lift these weights up. And excuse me grunting <laughs> while I do it with these big 20-pound weights. Uh, I meant to do that earlier, and it's just uh, I, I ran out of time, guys. And uh, Y'all thank the choir with me and praise the Lord for them. On Wednesday nights, they rehearse, um, and uh, I get to listen to them after our Bible study. Uh, their choir rehearsal room is right across from my office, and I get to hear, have heard this song of the blood applied uh, for a long time now with them rehearse. I love it. Uh, the blood applied uh, is what we're going to be talking about uh, today. That's what the resurrection really is, right? You know, the cross of Christ uh, grants Jesus, or rather... The cross of Christ demonstrates Jesus' authority to forgive sin. But it is the empty tomb that proves his power to get it done. It's the blood of the cross applied uh, in God's world. I praise the Lord for that this morning. I thank you guys too. I, I love the songs with a trick ending, don't you? Uh, where you clap first and then you get embarrassed. Oh, I clapped, you know. It wasn't over yet. Uh, they keep us on our toes. Well, hey, uh, I brought some things I want to show you today uh, that are a little, you know, just a memory of Easter, a little, some things that we do at Easter that are, you know, we're used to these, but if you really get serious, they're a little bit strange. Uh, but we just get used to it a little bit, and um, We've got these things that are Cadbury cream eggs. I mean, who, who's ever eaten a Cadbury cream egg, right? Okay. Pretty famous things. I'm going to open them up here. They're little eggs. They used to be bigger like everything else in life. I mean, everything's getting smaller and more expensive. But Cadbury cream egg is a, shaped like an egg laid by maybe a bunny or a duck. or Not a bunny. They don't do it. But a duck or something. 
But it is a bunny on the commercial, right? There's a bunny hopping along. Isn't that strange? A bunny doesn't look, but we're just kind of, that's part of Easter for us. If you crack this open to eat it, it is filled with a white liquid center to represent the, the favorite treat that we all love, raw eggs, right? There's even a yellow yolk inside just, in, just for realism, right? That's a strange thing to want to um, experience, eating a raw egg laid by a bunny on Easter. <clears throat> this next thing here ought to be a crime. Uh, anybody, does anybody like peeps? Somebody take them out. Uh, this ought to be a crime, you guys. They market this. They only sell them at Easter because it's the only time anybody would even buy these. But it's marshmallow covered with something weird in the shape, uh, usually of some type of uh, duck or bird or I don't know what that is, right? But it ought not to be. Uh, but we're used to it. At Easter, it just kind of passes by. And, you know, yeah, that's Easter. We just do that. We got the eggs and we got the peeps. I saw this bunny here at the Dollar General. And uh, you can't see it. It's a double crisp. His name is Lil, Little Crispy. Not Little, Lil. Lil Crispy. <clears throat> and it says, chocolatey flavored. It's not chocolate. It's not even chocolate flavored. It's chocolatey flavored. I don't even know what that means. But at Easter, we go for it. We buy that for our kids. And I bought this just because I wanted to eat it after church. Uh, anyway, we get used to some strange things, don't we, uh, at Easter time. And uh, they're so strange, but we just kind of have grown familiar with them, and they go into the background. And uh, sometimes the resurrection can be that way, can it? It's a strange thing. It, it's filled with meaning and power, but, but we kind of fail to really analyze it. What does it mean that Jesus was raised from the dead? What does it mean for our lives, for our salvation, for your family, for our eternity? What is this resurrection? So the sermon today is called Risen for a Reason. And we're going to look at three reasons that Jesus was raised from the dead. And we're going to do so from the book of Hebrews in your Bible. That's in the New Testament, a little bit more than halfway through the New Testament, a big book. And so you can turn there if you want to. If you don't have a Bible with you today, uh, these words will be on the screen. And if you don't have a Bible in your life, uh, we don't want anyone leaving here today without a good, reliable copy of God's Word just for you. And so you'll see on the table in the back as you leave, uh, there's several copies of God's Word there in different formats and sizes. And uh, you pick one up if you need one. There's no cost for you, uh, just a gift from the heart of our church to you. The people to whom this was originally addressed by God were a group of people in the early church, and to them the resurrection was strange. It, it was a strange thing. They didn't know all, they'd never seen that before. They'd never heard of it. We've been reading about it for thousands of years now, and, but they'd never seen that before. And what happened is they set out placing their faith in Jesus Christ. Faith just means putting the weight of your life on something. I mean, leaning the, what's most valuable to you, uh, and you're counting on that thing. They had placed the weight of their life on the sacrifice and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. 
But then they started getting afraid. Was that enough? What does this empty tomb mean? Uh, and they started turning back to their old ways. You ever done that? I mean, if you're honest, if I'm honest, you have to say, yes, I started out in faith and Jesus saved me, but it wasn't long and a fear set in or temptation set in or uh, a number of things set in and, and all of a sudden I found myself turning back, turning back to my old ways and uh, this is written and put here by God to address just such a people, to tell how sufficient, how perfect, how complete the resurrection of Jesus Christ is for our salvation. And so let's read this together if you will. Hebrews 7, 22 and 25, and through 25. Not very long, but we're going uh, to talk about it for a little while. Verse 22. This makes Jesus. What is this? That's the resurrection. That's his uh, ever lived. That's his indestructible life. This, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, makes Jesus the guarantor or the guarantee even of a better covenant, a better promise. Verse 23, the former priests were many in number because they were prevented by death for continue, from continuing in office, but he holds his priesthood permanently because he continues forever. Verse 25 is going to be our main verse. I'd love for you to put this in your pocket, maybe memorize it sometime. Verse 25, consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for them. What does it mean? What's the reason? What difference does it make that Jesus is raised from the dead? Three things. Let's look at these together. The first big difference, the first reason is that the resurrection means that Jesus is a powerful Savior. You might say, well, yes, okay, we got that. You can move on. But there's, a, there's something here we need to look at. The Bible opens up and says that Jesus is able. The word able here is the word dunamai. Dunamai, it's, it's a spelled like the word dynamite almost. You can see that on the screen here in just a moment. Dunamai uh, means power. We do get our word dynamite uh, eventually from this Greek word. They have in common the notion of power. Consequently, Jesus is powerful to do something. He is powerful to save. He is able to save. And why is that? Because of the resurrection from the grave. Why is Jesus able to save? Well, he was raised from the dead. And consequently, because of that, guess what? He is dunamai. He is powerful to save the resurrection is God's offer of proof that when it comes to saving sinners, Jesus don't, does not only have the heart to get it done, he has the power to get it done. How is that? How does the resurrection, how does the fact that Jesus did not stay dead, how does it tell anything about his power to save? Well, here's a, a, an example that I hope will uh, illuminate that a little bit. I brought these from my house, and I'm sorry they're not prettier, they're scratched up and, and pretty, pretty junky. I think it's from overuse. Um, <laughs> not really. Uh, they're actually rusty, and that tells you something there. But <clears throat> we've got all these at our house. And in fact, there's one more that I didn't bring, but um, there's the big ones here, 
these are the biggest ones we've got at, at the house. And then these, these other ones, uh, 40 pounds, 20 pounds, <clears throat> uh, 8 pounds, 5 pounds, and then I don't even know why we have this one. <laughs> but we do have it. There it is. <clears throat> so if you wanted to know if you're able to lift all of these, do you have to lift all of them? No. Which are the only ones you've got to lift to prove you can lift all of them? The big ones, right? And if you can come up here, and if you can lift these big dumbbells here, then everybody knows that you can lift all of these. And so when it comes to uh, this text here, here's what's being said. If Jesus, or maybe we can even back up, if anyone, if a person, if a being can walk out and unearth himself from his own tomb, then what is there down the line that he cannot do? You see that? The, the resurrection is the proof that Jesus has the goods to get it done. Yes, the cross, there he hung with a heart to save, bleeding, salvation coming from out of his, his veins. But he died, y'all, and he laid there in a, in, a, in a tomb. Guess what, though? When he raised from the dead, it was declarative for all eternity that there is nothing Jesus cannot do. So here's the message. If he can do that, then there's no life he can't touch. If Jesus is able to overcome the unconquerable power of the grave, then there is no sin he can't forgive. You may be here today or you may be praying for someone today that the darkness in their life is deep. I mean, it's profound. And even as you pray, it's against a disbelief that could they possibly be rescued from this. Listen, the one who overcame the tomb can overcome any sin. There is no sin he cannot forgive. There is no person he cannot save. There is no life he cannot forever change completely for eternity. If Jesus can be raised from the dark and deadly grasp of death, then there is no darkness out of which he cannot lift your life. And I praise God for that. Because I, did not, I was not always a son to him. I was not always among those, as we read earlier, uh, who did receive him, who believed in his name, to whom he gave the right to be, be children of God. I was not always among that number. And there was a darkness in my life, and there was a profoundness to my sin when the Son of God said, I'm going to reach down there and take hold of you and claim you as my own forever. What about my sin, Lord? Hey, Matthew. Let me show you something I raised from the dead. If he raised from the dead, there's nothing he can't do for you. There's no darkness that you can't come out of. It is settled, done, period, unmistakably, unquestionably, indisputably, and irrevocably. Jesus is alive. And so we have that promise today. He is a powerful Savior. But secondly, the resurrection means that Jesus is a complete Savior. How is he able to Save. What is he able to do in his dunamai, in his, in his dynamite, his power? He is able to save to the uttermost. This is maybe my favorite word in all of Scripture, uttermost. How far can the risen son save? Very far. 
I mean, is there a, a place to which uh, his arm is too short to go? No, he can go to the uttermost, to the darkest sin, to the deepest place, to the remotest geography, uh, into, into, the, fa- into, the, into the, the worst, most broken family where there's no evidence of hope. Jesus can shine a light there. He is able to save to the uttermost. And what had happened in the, this early time that we're reading about is the people there <clears throat> had believed that he had saved them, but then they were, what, on their own. And that if Jesus had, by faith, made them whole, made them right with God, but then they began to take steps away. And they thought, now I've got to do it on my own. And guess what they inevitably did? They failed. And they flubbed it. And they were tempted. And they, they gave in to it. And they began to make mistakes. And they thought, I'm in trouble now. And they panicked and they turned back. I don't know about you, but one of the travesties of Easter, especially if you're a kid, is a hollow Easter bunny. You ever seen that? You get in your Easter basket, there's a big giant bunny, right? It's colorful, it's usually wearing a bow tie, I don't know why, but it's wearing a bow tie. And as a kid, you see that, you go to the Easter basket, you think, this doesn't weigh what I thought it would weigh, right? And you look on there, it says, hollow milk chocolate, if you're lucky. It may say hollow chocolatey flavored, you know, (laughs) confection. Hollow milk chocolate. Don't you feel a betrayal? I mean, don't you feel, this is wrong on so many levels. Somebody called the United Nations. I mean, this, this is a, a fraud upon me. Uh, you think, this bunny is going to last me for weeks. And then you get it and you say, it's barely more than a mouthful when it's all said and done. That's what happened here. Uh, they saw the salvation of Jesus Christ as, as something that, that would not last, Right? Yes, there was a, a burst of, of flavor at salvation. I'm saved and the, 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 the cross and the tomb. But it wasn't something that was going to endure with them. It wasn't big enough. He wasn't strong enough. Uh, he did the work to save them. But then they had to do the work to do what? To keep themselves saved. That is a falsehood that Jesus, that the Bible here writes about. He is able to save you to the uttermost. And the message I want you to know here is if Jesus has saved you and called you his own, then he will see you through until in actualization you find fulfillment as his own. One day when he returns and calls us back to himself or when we leave this life and go into his presence, we will never, not one of us will ever find that, yes, Jesus was strong and the cross was sufficient to save, but he couldn't bring it home. The one who saves is the one who saves to the very end. He saves all the way to the uttermost. He is no hollow Easter bunny in this life. He will go with us. I say this today to those of you who are alone, who are widows and widowers, and or for some other reason you find yourself alone in this world, I want you to know it is no manner of speaking. It is no euphemism to say that Jesus goes with you all the way if you are son or daughter of the king. He's with you. You're not alone. He saves to the uttermost, and he stands with those who are his children. 
I say this to you today who uh, are in fear that you can't make it, that Jesus saved you and you, you came to him and you know for certain you were saved by the blood of the cross and by the empty tomb, but after all, you've stumbled and you've fallen and you're afraid and might as well just turn back to the old ways like they did. Might as well just go back to what I was. I, I can't make it. I'm not worthy. Let me tell you some good news this morning. No, you're not. You are not worthy and you will never make it in your own power but consequently because of what the resurrection he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him you're afraid you don't have what it takes you're tempted to turn back you're feeling alone you have a savior who stands with you don't fear the same Jesus who this morning loves you enough to save you, loves you enough to see you through, you are not on your own. The one who walked out of the grave will walk with you all the way. Praise God for the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But lastly, the resurrection means we have a forever Savior. We have a forever Savior. Uh, consequently, because of the empty tomb, he is able, uh, dunamai, he is able, he is strong to save how to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him. Why? Because he always, he always lives to make intercession for us. Why do we need intercession to be made? What even is intercession? This is someone speaking on your behalf. It may even be someone <clears throat> engaging in, in, in a defense of you on your behalf. You think of a fist fight uh, in your high school, and all of a sudden the coach comes out and he does what? Boom. He intercedes. He comes out and says, no, that's what's happening here. The Lord Jesus always lives to make intercession to defend the salvation he has secured for us. How can we be sure He's able to do it because he always lives to always save. The work of salvation is complete. It is finished on the cross. When Jesus said it is finished, it is finished. It is full. It has been accepted by God. But Jesus always lives to apply that into our lives. The blood what? Applied. To apply that into our lives and to say no to any force in all existence who might threaten to take that away what if he dies what if he's gone then no one's there to speak for you the old priests here <clears throat> they were many in number because they were prevented by death for continue, from continuing office they can't speak anymore why they're dead they're gone the most reliable person in your life one day will lay dormant in the ground and it will be over. They will not be able to speak. They will not be able to fix things for you. They will not be able to provide counsel or advice. They will lay there until the Lord comes. <clears throat> but guess what? The Lord Jesus speaks on your behalf, and he always lives to do so. What would threaten your salvation? What are the things that, uh, that we want to believe are, are coming to take that away from us? The Lord Jesus says no to them. We were in Chatsworth, Georgia the other day, returning from a visit to Chattanooga, where I'm from, and uh, we went into Taco Bell, which is one of our favorite little spots to go to. 
Talk about authentic Mexican cuisine, right? <laughs> we love it. We love Taco Bell. I mean, if you don't love Taco Bell, really, something's wrong with you. Uh, it's delicious. The onions, the red sauce. I mean, so we go there a lot. And, and you know, even though I'm older now, I still love me some Taco Bell. And so we went there. We went in. We stood at the counter. And I, if you've noticed fast food restaurants lately, if you go try to order with a person at the counter, they look at you like you're an alien, you know? And in fact, at this Taco Bell in Chatsworth, a, a young man came out and he said, we don't take orders like this anymore. You have to use the machine over there. What do they call those? Kiosks, kiosks right. You got to use the kiosk. And that frustrated me for a moment. I thought, that doesn't seem right. And a spark entered my mind. I thought, let's just leave out of here. But then I remember, no, this is Taco Bell, you know. <clears throat> you can't just get this anywhere. And so um, we stayed, and I went over to the kiosk. I was putting it in. Search, you have to search for stuff. They, it, it, I can't ever find the pintos and cheese on the kiosk. They don't have it on there. If you find it, tell me. But you can't find it. I was working, struggling through this. And from behind me, I heard a, 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 a sound, a voice. And he, I wrote down exactly what he said. He said, we're... We're going to need some help out here. <laughs> Just like that. But he said it with a booming, uh, rounded-off voice. It wasn't unkind, but it was powerful. Um, it was polite as, as you please. It really was. He wasn't being ugly. I turned around and saw this big old guy, probably a grandfather age, and he had like a cowboy hat on. He had a lady with him, his, uh, apparently his wife maybe, and, and, and he just said it. He just looked over the counter. He said, we're going to need some help out here. <laughs> and you better believe they changed their rule for him. <laughs> they come up there and took his order, you know. It wasn't long. I sent little Reese up to the counter. I said, Reese, we need some sauce. Will you go get us some sauce packets? He went up there and he stood and stood and stood. And they don't pay him any attention. You know how it is now. And, they, they, and so finally he, I said, just come on back. It's okay, buddy. Uh, after a while, I heard this man's voice again. He said, we're going to need some sauce out here. <laughs> there they come. They brought him some sauce. Again, I heard him a few minutes later ask for a straw. Listen, the, the man's voice and his presence was so, what do you say, motivating uh, or that, that I almost want to give him my straw out of my cup. It's just the kind of guy that people listen to. And it wasn't angry, it wasn't ugly. He's just, that's the, you know, there's people like that. Uh, he speaks, and guess what? It causes people to not only listen, but to do what the man wants. I want you to think this morning about the Lord Jesus. Here we are in this life, we've been saved. We grow insecure after all, we occupy this old broken flesh. We're tempted and we fall. I'm not talking about just living in the squalor and loving it. I'm talking about you're tempted and you fall and you stumble and you struggle and you're worried. Can I make it? Can I make it? Is God still going to forgive me? Uh, is that enough? I mean, I'm afraid now. I'm fearful now. I'm angry now. I'm discouraged now. I'm defeated now. I want you to know we have a Savior 
who always lives. How does he live? Always. When does he live? Forever. What is his life like? Indestructible. He always lives to call out intercess, intercession for us on our behalf. Anything that would threaten to take away the salvation he has secured for us, he says no. And when he says no, guess what? Everybody listens. This is the risen Jesus. What are his credentials? He has stood upon the disrupted dirt of his own tomb. Nobody has ever done that. This is our Savior. He speaks to God on our behalf. And you know God the Father listens to the Son? Absolutely. Lord, forgive them. Lord, Matthew's discouraged this week. Father, will you, will you bring mercy to him? Lord, will, you, will, you, will somebody pray for him, Father? Will somebody encourage him, Father? Oh, listen, you remember this, that new son or daughter you saved, Father? You remember them? They're struggling. Everything about their old ways is wanting to lasso them back in. Father, would you, would you hear my intercession? You hear my voice? You bet he does. He speaks to your spirit when you need encouragement. When you're afraid, he can speak strength right into that that your spirit wakens up to and responds to. You might not listen to anybody else. No author, no book, no song, no radio. You, nothing else might stir you, but the risen Son of God can intercede into your life and your spirit awakens and you have what you need for that day. He will get you there to the end to fulfill the promises that he has already made to you. He speaks on our behalf toward anything. And his intercession covers us with, toward anything and creates a barrier between us and anything that would threaten to take away our salvation. He does not let it slip from those he has called his own. You're covered by the blood. And listen, you're guaranteed by the empty tomb because he always lives. He always lives. You're never without him. He always lives. He has done it, right? Nothing but the blood. There's no other claim. There's no other plea. We can't say my good works. We can't say my Nana went here and her name's on the, on the stone. We can't say look at the plaque down the street. We can't say VBS this. All we can say is the blood of Jesus covers me, and it is enough. Well, are you sure about that? How can you tell me that and convince me of that? You just point them to the empty tomb. Jesus stands and makes intercession for you. He has done it, and there's nothing more you need. Don't turn back. Don't question. Don't fear. Don't start turning the old ways. You go with Jesus. He's promised to go with you. There's a well-worn story by another preacher who I love, Alistair Begg. <clears throat> he tells a story about the day of Jesus' crucifixion, and there Jesus, as you know, was crucified on that hill between two other crosses, uh, two thieves, two criminals, and Jesus right there in the middle. And both criminals, the Bible says, reviled him. They, they insulted Jesus. They mocked him, you might say. But they were there, and they were no friend to Jesus, not in the least. I mean, they, they called out insults as he hung there, and everybody was mocking him. They joined right in. 
But sometime during the crucifixion, while Jesus was slowly dying on that cross, one of the thieves, one of the criminals turned and said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Now this man was a sinner and a a legit criminal. And all the way to the end, he was insulting to Jesus. This was was not a theologian. This is not a poem writer about the things of God. This is someone who, but, but at the end, he heard that Jesus was some type of a king and this stuff about a kingdom and, and, and that, that, that you know, there was going to be more after this. And in some small measure of faith, he turned and he said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus reckoned that as saving faith. That little nugget, that very innocent, that very sincere expression. Jesus said, yeah, okay, I'll tell you the truth. On this day, you're going to be with me in paradise. Alex Begg tells a story about that man coming into heaven, as it were. And those attendants there, whatever it's like, you know, angels or, you know, the old story, St. Peter, whoever it is, you know, I'm not trying to preach truth about this story here, but uh, whoever it is in this story, the man comes up and they look at him like, how did you get here, you know? What are you doing here? Right? Are you a, a religious person? He said, no. And they began to quiz him about his life. You know? the, the, were you a, one of his followers then? You were a disciple of Jesus. No, I wasn't. Oh, he healed you then. Did you touch his garment? or uh, Did you call out to him, I'm blind, save me? No, not, none of that. And so they, they were perplexed, and they quizzed him and quizzed him until finally... He got tired of it, and he looked at him, and he said, listen, all I know to tell you is the man on the middle cross said I could come. Everybody looked around and said, now we understand. Jesus is awesome. You don't have to be awesome. Jesus saves, so you don't have to do what you could never do anyway save yourself don't turn away from the savior who has made you complete there will be a day for each of us when we stand there before god in some sense and the only plea that we have to make is that jesus has given his life for us and that he has said he has come into the world and to all who would believe to all who did receive him he gave the right to become children of God all we have to say is the man on the middle cross said I could come is your faith in Jesus today is your faith in this risen Savior he's alive and consequently he is able to save to the uttermost who those who draw near to God through him have you drawn near to God through Jesus if not, the offer stands today as ready and available as it ever has. Jesus is a wonderful Savior. He is a wonderful Savior. But do you have a wonderful Savior? The choice is up to you. The work has been done. The intercession is ready. Jesus will stand with you and he'll go the distance. He's a wonderful Savior. Only one, he's the only one who will never leave you or fail you. 
He's the only one who can pronounce forgiveness of sin, no matter what. He's the only one who can bring newness to the most, most broken life. He's the only one who can make you certain for heaven because he is the only one who has ever been raised from the dead. And so this morning, the offer has been made by God for salvation. The power has been shown by God, the empty grave of Jesus Christ. The only question that remains is, will you draw near to God? Many of you have, and we may rejoice in it. But if you're one today who is still on the outside, the Bible says he came to his own, and his own what? Did not receive him. But to any, any who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. You bow your heads with me. I want to ask you a question or two, if you'll permit me. There are many of you in here today who you know that you belong to Jesus and you haven't done it perfectly, but you know you're his. And you're thankful this morning that he has saved you. That the cross is real, that the tomb is empty, that you belong to him. Would you do me a favor? Hold your hand up and let me see your hand. Praise the Lord. Praise you, God, for that. There may be others this morning who are in the place and you say, you know what, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but it's something I may be interested in doing. I want to know more about this, and I want, to, I, I want to, uh, to be sure. Would you raise your hand up for me, and let me just see that hand. Thank you for that. It takes courage to do, you know. I want you to know I appreciate that. Maybe there's somebody here today, in a crowd this size, it's very likely there's somebody here today who you're here and for some reason or another, you have never turned over your life to Jesus. Today's the day that you are welcome and invited to do that. Don't let there be anything that stops you from that. We're not going to embarrass you or anything like that. But if that's you today, if you're here today and you know that you are on the outside, but you want to that to all to change on this Easter Sunday morning, on Resurrection Day, would you raise your hand and just let me see that? No one's looking around. I'm the only one who sees right now. Praise God. Thank you for that. There's still a moment here. Anybody else? Don't be afraid. Don't turn back. Anybody else? Thank you. That takes courage. I'd like to ask you to do something for me. Would you, if you raised your hand just now, or if you raised your hand, say, Matthew, I'm not sure. I know I'm not the Lord's and I'm not sure, but I want to be sure. Would you open your eyes and look right here where I am? Let my eyes see your eyes, okay? Praise the Lord for that just a moment I'd like to ask you to uh, leave your seat wherever you are make your way up to the front here where I can celebrate with you and have a time of prayer 
prayer would go something like this. Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, but I know you came for sinners. I believe you gave your life on the cross for me, and I believe you raised from the dead, and I want you to come into my life. It's that simple. You pray that, and the Lord Jesus will be faithful. Consequently, he is able to save you to the uttermost. Maybe this morning you'd want to come for some other reason. We have a wonderful church. There are many here who've been with us for a while, and you may be considering church membership, being a part of what God's doing here. I welcome you to come and maybe make this special day, Easter Sunday, 2022, the day that you officially united with Poplar Springs, became a stakeholder and a, a part of the mission that God has for us here. Maybe you come for prayer for a need that you have in your family. The, the floor is open. I'll be here. I'll leave you alone if you want me to leave you alone. I'll pray with you if you want me to pray with you. Lord, thank you for this good day. Thank you for the truth of the, the empty tomb. I pray that none of us would leave here stepping the same way we came in today after what we've seen about Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing. And as we do, you're invited to come.